Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Billiken Babble. It's me, Carter Chapley, again. Obviously, with me, a lot has changed since the last time I spoke to you guys over this feed. The last episode being the George Mason preview on the Spotify slash iTunes feed. And that's because I've changed jobs. I moved from being with Scoops with Danny Mac as a freelance part-time Billiken reporter to now working for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch covering the St. Louis Cardinals. But obviously, I still want to provide coverage to the Billikens. So I'm back doing this this season and hopefully will allow me to do a little more full-time will allow me to put a little more focus onto it until of course baseball season is back around so i just want to say thank you again to everybody for coming back and listening to all these but again this is billiken babble the preview show where i talk to the most invested interested sometimes intelligent minds on billiken opponents and kind of get feedback from them learning about who the billikens are about to play and how we can contextualize the game that's about to happen this week, season opener, first night of the year, Austin Blakely of the Racer Nation podcast joined me. He talked to me about the uh, the Murray State Racers and what to expect from them. And we had a great conversation about what it's like in going on in Racerland. They've changed conferences. They've moved up. They're one of four Missouri Valley teams that the Billikens will be taking on this year. And we kind of get into who their stars are, who their coach, new coach is, what their expectations are. And this is an excellent opportunity for folks who maybe aren't as familiar with Murray State, of all teams, to get back into Billiken conversations and recognizing who they're playing. So we're going to go to that interview right here, right now. And then after it, I'll give some feedback as to like what I thought about that interview, some thoughts of mine going into this home opener night, and then kind of talk about what's to come for the rest of the season. So let's go to that interview right now. We now welcome on new friend of the podcast, Austin Blakely of the Racer Nation podcast. Him and his two co-hosts talk about the racers and have been doing so for a long time. Both, or all three of them, alum of the school. Austin, thank you so much for being here. How are you? Oh, doing well, Carter. Appreciate you having us on and talking a little basketball, even though we're going to be opponents here in a few days. Uh, we can be friends for now and uh, chat about the racers and the Billikens a little bit. Well, that's what I like to say. We're all just fans of basketball here. and, and, and Yep. In those, 60, in those 40 minutes where basketball takes place, we don't have to be friends. But before and after, there's nothing wrong with that. Now, can you tell me a little bit about your show and about what you guys do, how long you've been doing it? Yeah, so we're currently on our second season of the Racer Nation podcast. And and kind of what we saw was, a, probably like yourself, kind of a, a space that nobody had occupied. And uh, the three of us are all pretty young and listen to podcasts from a bunch of different platforms. And, you know, we talk racer basketball all the time. We we have a text chain called the Racer Nation, and we've been doing that for years and years back is that's really all we talk about is racer basketball. And we're like, you know, somebody should record what we're saying and actually like put it out because I know a lot of people probably think the same thing. And so, you know what, after like hearing and reading about like how people are putting out podcasts and pretty much all free when you use um, some of the services online. We're like, well, it's not going to cost us anything except our time. We're already talking racer basketball every week. So might as well uh, put it out for the fans to listen. And we got a great response. We got a ton of listeners, a ton of, I call them fans of us, but we're all just fans of racer basketball. And uh, we got to do a live show last year where we had three or 400 people before the OVC tournament come and listen. And uh, it honestly really just we thought we'd get like two people to listen and that would be like my mom and, and somebody else, but it really blew up into something we could have never expected. So it, it's been a lot of fun for us and uh, yeah, opens us up for cool opportunities like uh, like we got here with you guys. It's a time of great change for Murray State basketball and Murray State athletics. Can you kind of tell us what's 
been happening for the racers? Yeah, I think uh, change might be an understatement. It's a complete overhaul from a lot of different aspects. We've got um, the new conference, which everybody's excited about moving out of the OVC. Murray State was a founding member of the Ohio Valley Conference, um, and, and we were there for 70-something years. And and I really, and I, you know, I always said we're a mid-major basketball program in a low-major conference is it, kind of how I always said it. And I felt like we always overachieved um, everything from the OVC. It, it always brought our strength of schedule down. Um, and, and we always got knocked come tournament time. You think back to, I believe it was the 2015 version of the racers, won 25 in a row to end the season, got beat on a last second turnaround three in the OVC championship game. And we miss out in the tournament. And I don't care what level of basketball you're playing. If you win 25 games in a row and you're ranked in the top 25, you should make the NCAA tournament. Um, everybody pointed out the strength of schedule from the conference and everything like that. And that's really where the ball got rolling with the Missouri Valley is, is you look at what fits in the Murray State footprint and and where we can grow our, not from an athletic standpoint, but from a university standpoint, where, where we recruit um, high school seniors and everything like that. It just seemed like the Missouri Valley make, made sense. And so with uh, Loyola Chicago leaving, that left a gap there. And the M Missouri Valley wanted to shore up their basketball uh, going forward. And, and Murray State was lucky enough to to get the bid and accept and, and move in as a, not just a bat. We love to talk basketball, but all sports. So from the conference aspect, a lot of, a lot of change. And also from the basketball side too, uh, coach of seven years, Matt McMahon gets paid and, and takes the takes the money to LSU, twenty something million over. I forget how many years it is, but really happy for him to do that. Is he did a lot of great things at Murray State, and so that left a left a potential change as, as a lot of the team transferred out with the transfer portal. And and here returns Steve Prome uh, from Iowa State as as he's going to take over the racer helm again and, and be the be the head coach and uh, along with the new team with it. So I'm sure we'll talk about that some more, but lots and lots of change down in Murray, Kentucky. Steve Prome coming in his second stint with the program, went to Iowa State, as you, as you said, was successful at Iowa State for a little while, but then kind of just fell off the map and couldn't really get it back. Yeah. What is the hope in bringing Steve back? Why is this such a good fit, especially after he struggled so much at Iowa State? Yeah, and and not to make excuses for them at Iowa State, but he had some tough injuries, and, and obviously the Big 12 is a really good conference, but like you said, also had some really good teams there as well. And um, I think a lot of – a lot of people, Steve Prome, he took the Murray State program to new heights when he was here, and and the campaign era, the the Isaiah Cannon era, won against Vanderbilt in that famed. Uh, it's the ten year anniversary of the fade away from Denaro Thomas to beat Vanderbilt in the first round of the NCAA tournament. So he was just so respected, and and his wife's from Murray. He's got kids now, and I think just that rejuvenation of the excitement around the program coming off a 31-3 and three season, so all the fans are engaged. The Missouri Valley Conference really sparked his interest again, but, you know, he's a proven coach at the highest level. He's won two Big 12 conference tournaments. He's got, I think, I think he sent eight players to the NBA, so he knows how to recruit. He knows how to coach. You want somebody with that proven track record to take you into a whole new era that is Murray State basketball. So I think that's where really the, the excitement and, and everybody's going to be behind uh, Coach Prome, and it's going to take a lot of patience from the fan base, and I think he gets a little more. Uh, he gets a little more of a pass, maybe an extra year than somebody new off the street would, and it's it's going to be. Uh, we're, we're all really excited to to have Coach Prome back at Murray State. So you've got the new conference, you've got the new coach. Let's talk about the players on the court. A time of great change as well. Who can some of the 
those in attendance and those watching on on television on Monday night expect to see the racers run out there against mm-hmm. the Billikens. Yeah, so like you said, a completely refreshed roster for the racers. Only one returning player from last year. That's going to be DJ Burns. He he goes about six seven. Has a super high motor. Probably he'll be playing the four spot most likely Monday night. He's going to have a super high motor, get up and down the floor. And that's going to be all these guys I'm going to talk about are going to be really athletic. And that's where long and athletic, that's where Coach Prome really uh, went with his recruiting this year. So DJ Burns is going to be that team leader as the returner that really uh, played a crucial role in that NCAA tournament team last year. Really from an offensive standpoint, you're going to look to see Rob Perry um, 6'4", junior out of Florida. He played at Stetson for, for three years. He was hurt a little bit last year. He was their conference freshman of the year, scored over 1,100 points in 70 games, 74 games at Stetson. So he's a guy that can score at all three levels. Um, he hit four threes in the game last night. They played an exhibition game against Brescia last night. So that's really the only 40 minutes of basketball, plus the secret scrimmage last week that this team's played together. But hit four threes last night, but also off the dribble. He's a guy... Um, we've kind of compared him to James Harden, not so much his body style or anything like that, but a guy that'll kind of lull you to sleep on defense and boom, two steps. He's either stepping back for three or he's hitting a 17, 16 foot mid-range jumper that is pretty pure. So he's a guy that's really going to make the offense uh, go. Uh, who will have at point guard is Jacoby Wood. And Jacoby's a guy that should be familiar to you Billikens fans as, as he played at Belmont last year. And I know Belmont came in to, to shape its last year. I, I went to that game, actually, uh, to watch to do a little scouting on the Belmont side. But um, he's a guy that came off the bench for Belmont last year. And they had him in more of a shooting guard role. But he's going to do a lot of ball handling for the Racers this year. And and I think that's going to really unlock a different side of Jacoby that, that people didn't see at Belmont um, as a ball handler. And, and he's getting more comfortable in that role. Also a really good shooter, um, but can distribute it as well. But those are really the two guys on the offensive side at the guard role. We also have Quincy Anderson. Um, he's going to play a lot of really solid minutes. You'll probably see him in the in the starting lineup uh, on Monday night. D2 transfer out of Minnesota was actually high school teammates with Tyrese Halliburton, quick guard who can really shoot the three. And then Jamari Smith is going to be the anchor down low. Another Division II transfer from Queens College who actually just went Division One this year. So I really count him as a Division One transfer, averaged nearly 18 a game, over 10 rebounds, and, and a guy who is really crafty on the offensive side, but not a super tall guy. So really our tallest starter, 6'8", DJ 6'7", but all of our guards are over really 6'2 to 6'5", and they can all really shoot the ball. Even Jamari and DJ can really stretch the defense and knock it down from outside. So I think what we'll you'll see out of the racers is to try to play quick. I don't really think our game's going to be really getting in the paint, setting up offense. Um, I think we're going to look to score probably in the first 10 to 15 seconds of the shot clock. And if nothing's there, then we'll run a little bit of offense. But um, we want to take advantage of our athleticism. That's probably who you'll see coming uh, as the starters on Monday night. A couple guys off the bench, Sam Murray the second. He's a freshman. Really, really tall. He's got like a 40-something inch vertical, already sits at 6'9". So I think he could touch the top of the backboard if he, if he wanted to. He's a he's he, He's got tremendous skill. He's pretty raw as a freshman, and he's only about as big of a round as my pinky finger. So he's got to add a lot of a lot of muscle, but you see that out of, out of freshmen. Guys like Justin Morgan out of Memphis, he's a freshman that you'll see hit a lot of threes in his career. Um, he shot over 50% in the AAU um, EBYL last year, which is the top – 
top uh, AAU uh, circuit, shot over 50% from three. And then another guy that maybe uh, St. Louisans know, uh, Braxton Stacker out of right here in St. Louis, played um, played at Cardinal Ritter, I think a two-time state champion. He was 2021 Missouri Defensive Player of the Year, a couple all-state selections. So I think you'll see Braxton get some time as well. You can tell a lot of, a lot of fresh faces, a lot of newer guys, a lot of freshmen that are going to see time. So it'll be their first basketball game, Division One basketball game. So uh, Monday night should be interesting uh, for the racers. This is usually when I ask, what are the expectations for this team? What are the, what are you hoping to see? Or, or maybe a better way of framing it is, in this case, is what are you afraid of? But it feels like, from what you've said, this is a team that still needs to take some time to gel. And maybe that's the biggest concern right off the bat. I think we oftentimes try and put things into the reference point of like winning right now. The yeah. college basketball is a win right now kind of sport but this team might need to take some time to flesh out their identity is am i too far off on that no carter you're 100 percent right there and i think coach prone put it best we were i was talking to him the other day or we were talking to him the other day and he said he wanted to he thought this st louis playing you guys and he said he knew travis ford from coaching in the big 12 and everything and when that opportunity arose to play in st louis he thought it was going to be a great opportunity because murray state will be able to start their season in st louis and then fast forward to march i don't want to say end our season in st Louis because we hope it keeps going but like you already mentioned the arch madness is is you know the encapsulation of the college basketball season in the Missouri Valley Conference so how much we grow as a team from November to March in the same city it'll be really cool to see um, that growth throughout the entire year but we've been preaching it the whole summer is Murray State fans are gonna have to be super patient with this team I, like we said they played Akron in a secret scrimmage last Saturday that was the first time that those guys have played somebody with a different name on their jersey that wasn't themselves in in a inner squad scrimmage and then like I said NAIA team Bethel uh, played them Wednesday night as as the first time they've got to the public got to see them so we talk about patience and it's going to be really hard for racer fans because you know we've got St. Louis right out of the gate which I know you guys will talk about a lot you guys have high expectations for the Billikens this year and you guys are going to be really good we have Lindsey Wilson next Saturday and then we go straight to uh, South Carolina for our Thanksgiving tournament. We have a top 25 team in Texas A&M first. So I don't think – I think probably a lot of Billikens fans think that you guys should be top 25. Texas A&M is a top 25 team. So Murray State, we're going to find out really quick what we're, what we're made of going forward. But I think it's for us the patience that we're going to have to have as as a fan base to think, man, these guys have never played together on the road in college basketball and if things start to go south on Monday night, who's there? You know, who do, who do we really have? We're going to find out a lot about ourselves Monday night for sure. The racers go take on Texas A&M, Chattanooga, Bellarmine, Chicago State, Austin P, Middle Tennessee State as a non-conference this year. With the understanding that winning a conference championship is always the goal what would you consider a really good year record wise outcome wise while also being realistic about your hopes but for this team yeah that's a that's a good question because it's really hard for racer fans to be realistic sometimes we we just expect winning um you know we went 30 something a lot of it so it's it's, it's easy to understand (laughs) good good point there uh you know we went 30 something years without a without a losing record we did not do ourselves any favor with the non-conference especially on the road as far as expectations to to consider as a a successful season and this is going to sound like coach speak which is not me but i think we just want to see them to get better throughout the year i think a lot of teams who have a lot of preseason expectations which kind of where we were last year they can come out of the gate hot 
But what does that look like in March? Are they any better or have they just stayed the same? And so you always hear in basketball or really any sports peaking at the right time. How are we playing at the end of February going into March? Do we look like we compete? You know, I don't want to say records don't matter because they do, right? They obviously do. We want to win. But are we competitive in the Missouri Valley? Are we a top half team? And I think that's really what the fan base as a whole. I don't think anybody, Drake's obviously really good this year. I don't think anybody's expecting us to come in and win the Missouri Valley Championship. Do I think we have the team to do it? Yes, I do. I think we have the talent to be competitive and and win in the Missouri Valley. But to be realistic, with everybody gelling together, we only have one senior on the roster, and he's the walk-on, Rod Thomas. I got to throw him in here. He's everybody's favorite. I think this team is built more for the future. We want to win now, but we've got to be patient to where this team can be in a year, in two years, see what we look like there. This season, I think if we finish in the top half of the Missouri Valley and we're not playing the first night, I think we're in a pretty good shape. And and we consider that a successful season. So I'll ask for a prediction, but I won't hold you to it too much. How do you see Monday night going score-wise, outcome-wise? What what do you think happens? Yeah, so on our on our podcast we like to talk about betting some and I don't can we get into that here? Go for it. I don't know yeah. much about it, but go for uh, it. Okay, gotcha. I know some places we don't talk much betting and it's funny Kentucky's not a state that that even allows sports betting, but uh, we all kind of handicap what we think the predictions will be uh, when they set the lines. And I think the three of us, we were all around probably St. Louis favored by eight and a half is what we would give it just from the name of Murray State. A lot of people who set those lines probably didn't look at the roster, probably didn't look at the turnover. They just looked at the record last year and then obviously all the good publicity that that St. Louis has gotten this year. Realistically, I think it's going to be very tough for the racers. Just with everything that I've said so far in this podcast around everybody being new, everybody's still trying to learn everybody and and everybody's trying to figure out their role on the team. And St. Louis being that cohesive unit, you guys have some great players. You guys got great players coming back off injury. And you guys, to me, the point guard role is the most important in college basketball. And you guys have one that is really, really good and who can distribute the ball and make the offense go. So I think it's going to be a tough test for the racers. I think there'll be a great crowd there. I've been talking to a lot of folks who live in St. Louis and and driving up, and they plan on being there. So I think there'll be a good showing for the racer fans. Like we said, we just want to be able to see them battle. When the times get tough, if they do get tough, you know, how, how do we respond as a team, face that adversity early in the season? But, I mean, Carter, I'm not going to be – I'm not going to lie to you. If, if the racers get hot – they're a team that can shoot the lights out from three. So, and you know, you see a couple of the early ones go down. It, it, it could be going that way as well. So I don't want to, I don't want to throw that out, but I, I think it's going to be close, but I, uh, I think the racers are going to have, have a tough time with the Billikens this year. Thank you so much for being here. Can you tell us where we can find you and your show and how we can support what you do? Yeah, for sure. So uh, the Racer Nation podcast, we're, we're out on Apple and Spotify. Um, also Anchor, if you guys use that as well. We come out with an episode once a week, uh, usually every Friday. And, and this last one, we have a we go through it. If you're really interested and have a lot of time to kill, we go through about an hour roster breakdown where we hit every single player. And then at the very end of that, we also talk uh, St. Louis as well with the preview there. So if you guys are are looking for that and uh, hopefully uh, after, like you said, after the 40 minutes of basketball are up, we can all support each other. I know you guys are playing some more uh, Missouri Valley Conference teams a little later in the non-conference schedule. So be looking forward to that. And uh, hopefully uh, SLU has a great year in the A-10 this year. <laughs> That's Austin Blakely of the Racer Nation podcast. We'll be right back.
Thank you again. Thank you again to Austin Blakely of the Racer Nation podcast for coming on and talking racer hoops, comparing them to the Billikens, and giving us a little bit to understand about who the Billikens will be seeing on opening night and what to expect maybe out of them. And it's always good to get some context, and that's why I like doing this show about what to expect from the opponent, right? Like, I can only give you so much context on what Slew Hoops does. I can't possibly tell you what's going on with everybody else, which is why I talk to those people, to give you the most context possible to understand what's going on in their world. Headed in to Monday night, given the information that Austin gave us, my guess would be that Slu is going to do what Slu tries to do often under the lineage, I guess, the, the, the pathway of Hassan French to Martin Linson to Francis Okoro all the way down the line, which is they're going to try and dominate the paint early and use that to their advantage. Murray State doesn't have a true center. Slu has at least two this year with Francis Okoro coming back and Jake Forrester, the transfer, coming in and playing an established role in practice right now. I'm expecting him to be one of those first guy off the bench. Uh, situational guys, he may, maybe provides a little more court flexibility than Francis does. But against the team without another big, he might just be a standard post guy. That would be my expectation. I would also expect Slew to try and slow the game down because it sounds like the Racers are going to try and speed it up. And if you can get them out of their behavioral status, that'd be probably how you get the best advantage. Now, I did talk to Coach Travis Ford a little bit on Friday after practice about what they've gotten into about Murray State. And the thing he said he was most interested in is that because there is so little tape on this team, you can't go back and look at what Steve Prom did at Iowa State when they were competing against each other as when he was Oklahoma State head coach and Steve Prom was at Iowa State. You can't, because there's just no context, right? Like these are a totally different group of guys. You can't compare what those two offenses look like. So really all you can do is kind of get to know the personnel by looking at tape about what they did last year and kind of guessing. So I found it interesting that Travis said his priority was to make sure that they do what they do best and kind of let the punches come from the other side. And they feel like they have the, the continuity, the team, the depth, the talent to be able to kind of impose their will rather than play counterattacking on what someone else does, rather than being like, oh, well, they're not very good in the paint. We're going to pound it down low. Or, oh, they're, they're, they can't attack a zone or a full-court press. They can't attack pressure. They, like, you have to take pressure off of them because they'll beat you because they're too quick. He says, basically, there's just not enough continuity or information on them to be able to put that kind of thing forward. So that I found very interesting because I think that means we're probably going to see the most Billiken-Billigan game we have this year. The game where you are looking at what this team's talent dictates more than just about any game they play. They're going to play Evansville on Saturday. That's probably the second second best situation of that, but at least you'll have a game's worth of tape on Evansville by that time. And then Memphis comes to town, and that's when you kind of have to readjust and think about what they do and kind of icing out what they do best. So that's kind of my read on the game heading into it. Now, I want to talk a little bit in this first episode about what's to come this season from me. Uh, written work, unfortunately, is going to be limited. It's mostly going to be on this podcast, and then I'm excited to say I'll be doing the Twitter spaces again after every game, talking with the fans, talking with people on, on Twitter spaces. You can find me on Twitter, at Chapley Media, where you can get a sense of, of what I thought after the game, and I'll be taking basically using it as a phone-in show, basically using it as an opportunity to talk to you folks about what you think and add, you know, I, I want to be able to hear what, it, what everyone thinks so I can give the most amount of most amount of commentary I can. How can I approach the fans? Listen, like I, I've said it before and I've said it again. I don't have my 
career now without the loyal viewership and fanship that I've developed with you folks out there listening to this. I appreciate you so much. So I want to hear from you about what you, what you have to say and what you have to think about this team. Post-game, Monday night, I'll be on the Twitter spaces. I'm thinking I'll probably do a preview Twitter spaces Sunday night as well, so you can find me on doing that as well. But then we're going to just keep doing this throughout the year. we got a, a whole new Billiken basketball season to do, a really good non-conference schedule headed into December, a strong conference play season, and we're going to have our friends from all over the A-10 and all over everywhere come in and to talk about Billiken basketball. We're going to hope to do this show before every game. It's really going to be dictated on who I can find to talk to about the opponent. Like, there are some games on my calendar who I haven't gotten someone yet. And in those games, I would say, though, if I don't find someone, I'll at least get on and do a couple of rambles about what I am expecting or the research I've done about TC. So you will be at least have some sort of idea of who you're facing heading into whatever game you're going to down at Chaffetz Arena or beyond. So thank you, everyone, for listening. I really appreciate all your time, energy, and effort. Like, comment, subscribe, interact with me on Twitter. Tell me what you like. If you have questions, shoot me a DM. I'll try and get them answered on the next show. I appreciate you, and we'll see you next time.